0: This is Tending Seeds, a podcast about my adventures in homesteading and herbalism. I'm Sarah Schuster, and I'll be your host. Thanks for being here today. Hey friends, I'm actually bringing you a second episode this week because I have just been itching to release this one, and it's very topical as we head into cold and flu season, so I didn't want to wait to get it to you. I am so honored to have Leah Larabelle of High Garden Tea on the show today. Those of you in Nashville knew High Garden Tea as a wonderfully cozy and lovely shop to spend an afternoon reading a book and sipping a gorgeous cup of tea. I unfortunately say new in the past tense here because in early March, a tornado destroyed many homes and businesses here in Middle Tennessee, including High Garden. This was right as the pandemic was kicking off here, and we were under stay at home orders by the end of that month. I'm glad to share that Leah and Joel are still offering beautiful teas through the High Garden website, even as this year has certainly been one of huge, huge change for them. We'll touch on all of that in our interview today and how these changes have impacted Leah. And I feel that this is so relevant to share because all of us have been impacted by the events of 2020. So many of us have felt our worlds drastically shift during this year of a pandemic and uprisings. And I know that for me personally, The question of how to nourish myself and my loved ones right now has been a huge priority and definitely has weighed on my mind at points. Today in our conversation, Leah has so much to share about how COVID can impact the different systems of our body, as well as ways we can work to support those same body systems. She'll share herbal support that we should focus on before we get sick with anything, as well as herbal support for during and after an illness. A short disclaimer here just to remind y'all that neither Leah nor I are doctors and we are not giving medical advice here. Everything shared here in this episode is for educational purposes only. Everyone's body is different and responds in different ways and you know your body best. So please always do your own research before making changes to your current wellness routine. Alright, without any further ado, let's get to it. This is such a great in-depth conversation and Leah shares so much with us. I hope you enjoy it and that you get a ton out of it. I'm here today with Leah Larabelle from High Garden Tea. She is, above all, a nature-loving wife, mother, and daughter who finds a great deal of purpose and satisfaction in sharing her love for the land. She is descended from a long line of Celtic cunning folk and has found her ancient gifts within the world of herbalism. After awakening this passion, she became obsessed with learning as much as possible and has dedicated over a decade of her life to rigorously studying and diligently practicing the art of herbalism. She has been taught by renowned herbal elders as well as Mother Nature herself, and she feels very fortunate that each has shared with her a piece of their own distinct knowledge and viewpoints on herbalism, expanding her vision to see multiple layers in the field of plant wisdom keeping. Leah, thank you so much for being here and just welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here today.
1: Thank you. It's it's quite an honor. <laughs>
0: well, I'm really excited to talk with you. Um, you're someone I considered to be one of my herbal teachers just from the workshops and classes that I've been able to take with you here in Nashville over the past couple of years and looking forward to more. But for those that don't know you, can you talk a little bit about What this year has been like for you in terms of caring for yourself, your family, and your herbal business during the tornadoes, as well as the pandemic?
1: Yeah, wow. Absolutely. Sorry, it's funny. I kind of faded as my dog's barking loudly in the background. (laughs) (laughs) You'll hear all kinds of life behind me today, because that's just real. Um, We love it. (laughs) Yeah, the... Hmm... I guess the best way, I mean, that's such a complex, you know, reviewing 2020, man, it's, that's, a, that's a doozy. But the best way that I can think of it is kind of maybe what it's been for, for a lot of people. It's, it's a breakdown. And anytime that I feel like there is um, a breakdown or a composting of self or whatever, um, I see it as an opportunity for growth and who better to look toward than nature And so I've basically kind of taken broken down and decided what what has to regrow, what pieces of have to regrow. We need to eat. We need shelter, you know, our basic needs. And then the part of myself that I want to regrow or I want to be new. And and it's been a really, really beautiful opportunity to do that because I would have never chosen to have broken parts of my world down that did. Um, kind of break apart with the tornado and so forth. But I was so lucky to have my husband by my side and my baby. And we still have our home. And so we were so lucky we were able to pull up. I was able to keep the the have to's and um, and we got to choose the want to's. We are choosing a simpler life, one closer to nature. And and one, um, the biggest message that came through to me was humble. And I'm not quite sure what I've been doing that needed to be taught such humbleness, but let man, let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> that was a message that came through loud and clear, and I've listened. And so I'm kind of sitting back and, um, and trying to be a lot more trusting in the great mystery and the magic of life. And yeah going with the flow while trying to create things that I'm passionate about I know that's a really roundabout answer but
0: no that's that's beautiful thank you I mean yeah I think like you said everyone has had yeah such a transformative year um your story in particular I think has been just kind of you know one thing after another for people like yourself that were impacted by the tornado and then the pandemic and it's been really amazing to watch you all emerge from that with sort of I always felt y'all had a very focused vision of what you wanted high garden to be but seeing that get even somehow even more clarified this year has been really amazing to watch
1: um nice to hear because I'm gonna tell you I had a major identity crisis (laughs) major (laughs) I was an herbalist you know I've been an herbalist at heart since I was a little one I didn't know what to call it and I didn't know what it was but I'm I'm an herbal person I'm a plant person and um But for the past 10 years, I was a plant person who was running a shop. And it takes, I'm going to say 90% of my efforts were to run a shop and run it well, because we loved that shop. Oh, we loved it. And 10% of my efforts went to, you know, the the plant person within me, just that piece of me. And so when the shop, that 90% was truly just swooped. There it went. And there went the money to rebuild it anytime. So, you know, we absolutely were given a GoFundMe and that got to rebuy herbs so we could do an online program and stuff. But then I just found myself sitting there feeling like, man, I'm not even that good of an herbalist. Man, I don't even I'm not even good at growing food. Like all I could see is all of my Mm. where I lacked.
0: Yeah, and and like that imposter syndrome kind of creeping out. Yeah,
1: just just a little bit of feeling Yeah, and so then I had to do that. I had to be like, okay, well, who are you then? I went out and I said in nature a lot, and I realized there was nothing mediocre about how much I loved these plants and this earth and nature. There was nothing mild or minor about that, and that's all that we brought back up, and that's all that really matters, you know, sharing our love and how much nature and herbs have changed our life, and sharing that, and that's where humble came in. And what we're trying to really focus on is an accessible way for people, because sometimes things feel really overwhelming, like seeing all the, these herbalists that know so much. How could you ever get started? You know, that kind of thing. I just um, we just want to get that out of the way or these people that can grow all of these things, but you can barely even grow, you know, a tomato. How could we ever get there? We're really trying to get to just this most entrance type space. To help people connect to nature and whatever their footing, whatever their path may be, we're calling it Feral Footsteps—just steps in. And I think that's where the humbleness came in, and where we got kind of broken down a little bit. And I like it. I like being right here.
0: I love that. I love the idea of just really starting with beginner steps for people and making things accessible because so many people are turning, you know, towards the plant path right now for a variety of reasons, and and turning towards, like you mentioned, growing tomatoes, like getting to grow food and I know for most of the listeners of the podcast, people are interested in in both, you know, getting connected to nature, homesteading, getting into herbalism and plant medicine. And yeah, it's just it's amazing just to be able to dig down and get back to like, what is the core of, of what y'all want to be doing. And so thinking about that, and, and how people are all kind of turning towards this right now, kind of is the topic for our, our conversation today, was I know you've done so much research to talk about What are some of the ways that people are having their health impacted right now, even if they haven't actually contracted COVID?
1: Yeah, it's, um, I don't, I I don't know. (laughs) It's so big. This is unlike anything seen in a very long time to, I mean, we are, we are a social creature. We've turned into a very social creature in the isolation Some people experience and the, you know, just my one of my dear friends, she's a teacher. She's trying to teach online and both of her children are going or one's in kindergarten, one's in preschool. They're going to school online. And so she's trying to manage them doing online learning at home while she's trying to be a teacher online. Like this is this is new stuff. You know, our nervous systems probably are. I mean, they're taking a hit you're taking a hit and our immune systems they got to get ready cuz there's cold and flu season is coming i'm not saying this to be scary but cold and flu season's coming and on top of that covid's with it right and so our systems really really need need some extra support and attention right now and what's cool is immune nourishing, immunomodulating, or what's called immune balancing herbs also tend to be adaptogenic or at least nervous system nourishing. So a lot of herbs that we can talk about can tend to both of those needs. But ultimately, what it boils down to is this can be As we're saying, we can grow from something like this that breaks us down. And I mean, as we've all broken down, it's showing people go to the earth. When you get broken down, you go to the earth. And people are like, "Oh, I want to grow food. Oh, I want to. You know, I just laid down on Mama Earth here, and she held me. And there was just this immediate connection that people felt. Out one part was fear of like, "Oh, I can't get groceries. I need to learn how to do this." But the other part is who is always there for us. It's the earth. And so that connection came really beautiful, and that opportunity for reconnection has been lovely, but another opportunity is to not just focus on not being sick anymore. That was a sickness in itself in our culture, if you ask me, was people tended not to focus on being healthy because health is something you can't buy. You can't buy your health back. You can't bargain your health back. You either have it or you don't. And so people were more just focused on not being sick. So once something was wrong, we tended to it but that's not too late but it's it is later than we should have acted you try to stay healthy and so with covid and coming into cold and flu season and so forth is showing and highlighting the need to be healthy reason being is modern medicine doesn't have answers yet they're i mean making advancements as quickly as they can but this thing is new and so thank goodness for all the advancements and all this hard work that's being put in. But still, right now, ultimately, it's up either your body can fight it or it can't. That's what it boils down to. They can absolutely help you and herbs can help you and modern medicine can help. But your outcome is going to be so much better if your body is healthy. And right. So, so attending
0: to like our wellness ahead of time, <laughs> before yes. before yes. we get the flu, before we get anything is just so important. And like you said, you know, most modern medicine, it's reactive rather than proactive.
1: Absolutely, and, absolutely. And, and so even as we talk about herbs for a second, I do have to mention if people are new into herbs, if they're interested in herbs, there's two things within the herbal world, that I'm trying to be very protective of the not, it's not my place necessarily, I guess, to be protective, but I kind of can't help it of um, herbalism there is a lot of attention on it right now because it does show a lot of promise and it can really, really help our health and even with symptoms and so forth. But there's things called phytohysteria and on the other end of that sensationalism. And so phytohysteria is kind of what's always been around or not always, but for as long as I can remember. And people are just terrified of herbs. (laughs) I don't know why, but it's just kind of like if something went wrong and you're on an herb, the herb is going to be the first thing that's looked at, but we forget that coffee is an herbal tea. Basil added to your food is an herbal additive. Food is herbs. And so just kind of, we need to um, reacquaint ourselves with the fact that plants are plants, whether you call them food or you call them herbs, plants are plants. And to take away this like weird divide from them. So just for an example is like the elderberry causing cytokine storms and And it just flew everywhere. Elderberry, don't do it with COVID. It causes a cytokine storm, makes inflammation worse. And and we herbalists that that didn't match at all traditional information. But I didn't speak against it. I don't know hardly anyone that did because we're so used to being kind of hit back with a very heavy hand, (laughs) behaviorally trained to just say, okay, never mind. I'm not going to say anything. But we need to say who is the source? Why do you have the authority to say that? And turns out it was some. I'm not even going to say, but speaking just out of zero context, completely not even connected to the, what they were saying. It was supposedly a, a source and so forth. It was just misinterpreted data. And Elderberry is an awesome ally, but because of fight of hysteria, we so quickly turned against it or was just, we're afraid of it. And so just fight of is something to recognize and be like, why am I so afraid of these things? But on the other end is sensationalism. And I see it and it bothers me. Like, ah, just because something's herbal or a natural product doesn't mean it's good or ethical. What you need to look at is who is offering it. Is it an experienced herbalist? Is it a naturopath? Is it a a farmer? You know, who is offering this? And if you see, like, it works 10,000 times better than regular elderberry, this is super elderberry. (laughs) Like, nah, I'm good. (laughs) Just nah. Um, But sensationalism. So, fast experts and information all over Instagram and Facebook and blogs and all this kind of stuff. Just it's kind of unfortunate for the plants because we do need to be humble and realize that it's the plants doing the work. And we are lucky to be messengers and matchmakers. And so if you hear something that's just like someone's just pushing something in your face is it's the thing. No, no, it's not.
2: Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, 10 years ago, it was pour coconut oil on your problems, and then it was essential oils. And now CBD cures everything (laughs) under the sun. And yes, there's always a flavor of the week.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just important. um, If we're all going to connect back to finding our own strength and our own connection and our own wholeness through our plant family, then we have to build a trusting and um, respectful relationship with them. And so...
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I don't even know where I'm rambling
0: with that, but <laughs> no, Well, no, I think, I think that's a really good point to make is that, you know, so often the truth is in between those two extremes that you just outlined, and we just need to be aware and have some common sense. And as you said, question where information is coming from before we jump in and buy whatever the hot thing is on Instagram this week that everyone's posting about.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what was your original question before I went on a ramp? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we, I think you covered it. We were talking about the ways that, uh, that people are having their health impacted right now. And you mentioned sort of like the social isolation, the stress. But we were also going to talk directly about COVID because I know that you have already done a lot of research and put a lot of time into looking at how COVID impacts our different body systems. And so I wanted to kind of let you dive into that and and speak to what it is that you've learned and put together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so to backtrack to answer that question a little bit better, is how are people being affected? And that's the thing everyone is individual. Every single person, I don't know how person A and person B are being affected. Maybe one person's having to be more stagnant during the day. And so their lymphatic system is taking a beating. And so it's important for them to create a relationship with lymphatic tonic herbs and getting movement, however possible. Whereas another person may be barely keeping their you know, their bills paid. So their nervous system is just taking a beating. So it's from person to person. And that's where everything we do kind of, it is upon, it's within our own, our own needs to find the right herbs and the right food and the right everything for ourselves. But herbalists and resources are certainly out there. And that's a really good opportunity to sit down with yourself and say, how am I impacted? What is it? That is what part of me isn't healthy right now? What part of me, if I were to get COVID, would take the beating? Or what part of me 10 years from now is going to feel this year? And start researching or ask some questions as to how to nourish that system. I hear a lot of people talking about heart and whether it's grief, heart, or the physical heart. And I will say, COVID does um, definitely cause some concern with heart health and so forth. But yeah, that's just a moment and it can be just. Just sitting there staring outside, but to, to, that's something to offer yourself is to look inside and ask what part of me needs nourishing right now. Anyway, so.
2: But, <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful.
0: Thank you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now people are understanding what it's like to take a class with me. huh? I'm all
0: right? all well, I mean, the and place. It's, it's so important. And, and you always do emphasize that, yeah, we are as herbalists, we're matchmakers and we understand every person is different and the plants that might help them are going to be different a cough for me is a different than a cough for you, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And so and so is COVID. And exactly. so we can get into that. It's important, though, obviously, that I'm not speaking from a place of direct experience. I have not cured COVID. <laughs> so, you
2: haven't.
1: I know, right? <laughs> so I mean, herbs are not medicine. They do not want to be medicine. Herbs, they are plants. I think it was Yes, definitely. Stephen, Stephen Buner. He says plants are ecological modulators or balancers, both of large systems like the earth and smaller ones like our body. So they act to move systems, basically irrespective of size, back to health to reestablish balance. And they're very good at this. They've been doing it for, I don't know, several hundred million years. And so plants are ones that work with our bodies and your body works with the plants to reestablish health in a state of balance. So ultimately it is your body doing it. But the herb, because it is food, is feeding whatever specific system that is to be able to do it better. That's why you see that herbs take longer to work. And people are like, why do they take so long? Well, it's because it's feeding your body for your body to do it. It isn't doing something to your body. And so modern medicine does things to you. And sometimes you need, if you can't make insulin, you need insulin. But if you can make insulin, there's just something a little off with your pancreas or so forth. I can give you an herb or someone could give you an herb that nourishes the pancreas so that the pancreas can start doing its job more effectively, hence better blood sugar regulation. And so that's just kind of where to think about with herbs is they nourish different systems and to establish balance they are not drugs so i'm not trying to diagnose treat or prescribe (laughs) um any of that kind of stuff and to always use things with with your own intuition and your own common sense and we got to give the plants that respect so with covid the big key Strengthen and protect. There isn't even prevention. There isn't prevention. I'm not even going to say prevent because it doesn't exist. This thing is so contagious. But what you can do is strengthen your body system so that when it meets it, it can handle it at its best, at its best performance, we'll say. It's important to when strengthening, that's where you look at your body system and figure out what is it within me that needs strengthening so that I can handle it better. Some people have heart issues. So you're really going to want to pay attention to your heart. Some people have kidney issues. Some people have inflammatory issues. These kind of issues, right now, it's time to nourish and take care of yourself to get yourself in the best state of balance possible. And this goes hand in hand with going into cold and flu season, anything. So all of this is the same story, of course. What's a little different and what really surprised me, man, it surprised me when I first really dug into this COVID information for myself, for my family, for my loved ones is it was really scary at first how it actually utilizes ace2 receptors which is a receptor on so many cells in the body and so i mean there're like 40 trillion it's it's so many that it gives this virus basically it's just pick all of your body it's not a respiratory virus it's not a di- it's not a gastrointestinal virus this is this can be a systemic virus because ace2 receptors are all over the body, even in fat cells. That's why it said that it goes harder on people um, who are heavier. It's because you have ACE2 receptors on fat cells, because that's the, the ACE2 receptors, what it uses to attach to that cell. And I'm not sure if you or anyone listening, I'm sure many of you are familiar with how a virus works, but I'm going to bore you really quickly and remind you of how it works. <laughs> please do. Yes, please do. Go for it. <laughs> a virus is like a little freaking zombie. And so. It can't reproduce itself. A bacteria can reproduce itself. A virus cannot. And so a virus, well, let's say someone sneezes and you breathe it in. And there's that dagum little virus. And it's going to attach to a cell, typically within your mucous membranes and your nose and so forth. So it attaches to those cells. It is what's called now a host cell. So that virus takes that host cell kind of it pretty much kills it and it turns it into a virus making factory and it starts making all its new little virus parts in that cell. And then that cell breaks open. That's no longer doing the job it was supposed to do. Now it's just a virus making factory. It splits open and shoots out hundreds of thousands more viruses that then go further into the system, finding more of your own body cells to attach to, turn to host cells, which are essentially virus making factories make hundreds or thousands more viruses, shoots out, and the story continues. And so it's it can go as far as whatever receptor sites are offered. And with it being ACE2 receptors, which are all over the body, even the brain and fat cells everywhere, it can spread like wildfire. And so that is just an immediate thing to think, okay what's some herbal allies regarding ACE2 receptors then? Like this this is just how kind of herbal, good, smart herbalism, good, smart taking care of your health can work is, well, what about this ACE2 receptor? Is there a way that I can, you know, protect it? And the best that I've found with that herbs that I'm not going to say block viral attachment to ACE2 linkages, but have been shown benefit within that or something as simple as licorice Elder. So, I mean, that elderberry syrup that you've been taking each year, don't stop (laughs) right Right, now. There's not a time to stop taking elderberry syrup. Horse chestnut, Japanese knotweed. And then another one that I found really interesting was cinnamon. Add cinnamon to your food. You know, these are really simple things that can help protect those ACE2 receptors. And then as it goes down the body, we have to start looking at what's going on. So there's the virus going into the respiratory system or system. And I just want to kind of pay attention to this really quickly because it's first gets into like the upper respiratory system. That's just basically your nose and that kind of area. And it there's ACE2 receptors that we talked about on certain cells. Like the ones that produce mucus and the ones that kind of move stuff up, up and up and out, particulate matter and mucus. And so it attaches to those. And once it gains entry, there you go. It can produce all the way down and it can be in there. And often this is where there's no symptoms for almost a week. It's in there and there's something very smart about this virus that the immune system isn't alerted quite, quite immediately. And so you have no symptoms a lot of times, but this thing is reproducing. And that's why it's important before you're even sick, to be doing daily protocols of protecting these organs that may need protecting if you are sick. And so the something really important is to protect the epithelial cells, those little, we'll call them mucous cells, ciliated cells, um, because if they're dry and cracked and everything, that's when they're even more exposed and can, can, viruses can latch on even easier. And so you know, like when you hear that your air is really dry in the house and stuff, that you can get um, catch things much easier, and it's because of the dry mucous membranes. And so something as simple, marshmallow root, plantain, slippery elm. I'm not gonna, eh, I'm gonna pull that back when that's that's at risk. A you risk. Marshmallow root or leaf. <laughs> so
0: what and, you're talking about with the epithelials being dry, and and that being a danger sign for mm-hmm. possible infection. Is that why we're predicting COVID possibly getting worse as we head into you know a dry winter?
1: Well, it's just that's where like cold and flu's and flu season flourishes, and then people are more susceptible due to these dry tissue states. And if your body's already fighting a lot of immune like immune challenges and so forth, then it, we can be a little more. Uh, if You have the flu and then you catch COVID on top of the flu, or you have a cold and you catch COVID on top of the cold, and there's then that's going to be a little bit more um, challenging outcomes, right? And, and there's a reason during those cold months that colds and flus really, really prosper. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's important to just that's why you use humidifiers, that's why you keep those nice and moist. And, and something you know, if you don't want to use herbs, eat okra, that's fine too anything mucilaginous to keep nice and moist uh, humidifiers and things like that. And I mean, I could go on forever about herbs and the different systems, but I'll just mention some of the systems that are really showing to take the, have the largest kind of um, risk, we'll say, move the lungs. And we all know that we've heard that. And it could be just the fact that the alveoli, the, these little balloons at the very end that help to, your body to absorb oxygen and so forth, that there's like 300 million alveoli and they all have ACE2 receptors on. So there you go. And so it's really important to really nourish your lungs because if you were to get COVID, you really want your lungs to be as strong as possible. And so probably my favorite herb for that. There's a few, but I really do love astragalus root because it's an immune modulator. And with COVID, we are seeing that the immune system, you're hearing like cytokine storm and this and that, where the immune system was kind of on a lag because it didn't know anything was going on when it gets alerted, when the little messenger cells are like, wait, somebody's here. The virus, you know, the zombie (laughs) attack is here. (laughs) The immune system's like, what? And so it kind of jumps into overgear and inflammation is just a natural immune response. It's an important immune response. But if it's overactive, and as in any autoimmune situation, when the immune system is overactive, then that's when you can have a cytokine storm or whole systemic inflammation to a very dangerous point. And so you want to nourish the immune system so that even if it does go on this super high alert, it is feels strong enough that it may not panic we'll say. (laughs) And so you'll want immune modulators or immune balancing herbs, not immune stimulants, but immune balancing herbs. And I love astragalus because it's one of my favorite immune balancing herbs. It's really gentle. It's safe for children and elderly. And it's just this lovely herb. And it's also a lung tonic, just so happens. Perfect. It's a lung tonic. So we're getting this lung support with astragalus and this immune system support. Are we gonna? Yeah, I'm not gonna mention if you did get it because that gets into a whole world of what we were saying, like how different coughs can look and so forth. We can go there in a little bit if you want to. <laughs> that
0: um, was one of my questions, but yeah, we'll get there. Okay, all right,
1: we'll, we'll go there a minute. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, am I'm gonna keep riding this train. So we don't yeah. <laughs> um, and another one that's really surprised me through all this research for um, working with the lungs is a root. This was a really cool one because it's an adaptogen. So, a Luthero root is this amazing adaptogen. You know, we're all kind of, our nervous systems don't know what to think right now. So, we could get adrenal burnout. We could, you know, be experiencing a variety of things. And adaptogens, those, that's a newer classification of herb that basically means it helps the body to get to a balanced state and respond to stressors in the most appropriate way. Adaptogens are very popular right now. So, you've probably heard of them. I know you have, Sarah.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. <laughs>
1: uh, I've preached their praises, but this is this was the original adaptogen. This is OG adaptogen. The very first one was a lutheral root. All other adaptogen have been based upon this one. And it just so happ and it's not overly stimulating. It's not overly that's why some people, it's kind of fallen out of the graces, is because it's just this nourisher that doesn't do like these really exciting things, it just nourishes the adrenals. It's not
2: super flashy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But that's really great right now when we're needing something just on this daily intake that isn't too flashy. The body's like, cool, all right. But it's also a really neat thing that it's been found. There was a study that showed it to be um, extremely effective for the lungs lymphatic system. And we want the lungs lymphatic system to be really, really uh, healthy and operating well because you don't want fluid to build on the lungs. You want the lungs to be able to get rid of all the debris and do everything that it needs to do. So really nourishing the lungs lymphatic system is important. And Eleuthera root shows to be one of the best herbs at that right now. So it's doing a whole two for one. I'm gonna go ahead and just like put five stars by this right now since I have ter- said lymphatic system. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nourish the lymphatic system. If you were to pick one system you're like ah right, Leah I would love the idea of going out and sitting on my front porch and asking my body (laughs) which system needs nourishing. But I've got 50 other things I need to do. And I'd say, cool, I get it. Then nourish your lymphatic system. And because the lymphatic system is. okay, the best way that I can explain this is, do you know where your immune system is located in your body?
0: Well, I know a lot of it's in our gut, right? Maybe. But sort of it's kind of all over, right?
1: Yes, exactly. It's that <laughs> first thing that's like, I don't know where Like, we hear this thing called an immune system. And we, you know, we're used to the digestive system and the urinary system. And when you start saying, okay, immune system, and then when someone puts you on the spot, and they're like, where is it? And even though you understand it, you're like, uh, well, everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Literally, every piece of your body acting properly makes your immune system more effective one of the key pieces to it though definitely gut but also the lymphatic system the lymphatic system moves it's kind of like your other blood system the white blood system instead of the red and so it's really really important um, to getting rid of cellular debris and to fighting and sending out the proper immune system cells and so forth And so lymphatic system. And right now, if you do find yourself more sedentary, guess how you get your lymphatic system to work well? Movement. And so if you're leaving a little bit more of a sedentary lifestyle, your lymphatic system is definitely feeling that and getting a little bit more bogged down. And so if you see any fluid retention or just low energy or anything like that, you really got to get the lymphatic system pumping There are so many lymphatic tonics that are so easy to get a hold of. Cleavers is one of the powerhouses. And that can be a tea. It can be a tincture. Violet leaf is an amazing one. And that is also, it Violet leaf happens to gently moisten your bubis membranes. And it's a gently moistening respiratory tonic. So there's its little side benefits. Or red clover kind of does a similar thing. It's a respiratory tonic. Calendula. It's this beautiful lymphatic tonic that's really great at helping remove um, cellular debris. And cellular debris means if your body's had to kill viruses, kill bacteria, kill, even get rid of shed units itself, it doesn't just stay there. It has to wash through the system. So that's what cellular debris is, and our lymphatic system helps to move that out. And so calendula it also helps to restore tissues and everything that's you know maybe in like gut issues you've heard people using calendula, burdock root it's great great for establishing bowel flora and the supportive liver tonic it's also a lymphatic tonic, and um, maybe one more I'll think of yellow dock oh my gosh yellow dock it's a GI tonic, it contains also emodin which was found highly effective against SARS and though COVID isn't SARS but there's enough kind of overlap in some areas that it sure, certainly don't hurt. You know, the emodin could be a great benefit and it's just this amazing geotonic, liver tonic, and lymphatic tonic. So anyway, the lymph system super important to nourish right now and movement, movement, movement. Do whatever you got to. Um, our our
0: cardiovascular system is moved by our heart, but I like to remind people that like your lymphatic system, like it doesn't have a built-in pump. No,
1: it it's moved ground. by you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's moved by you. And so moving on, um, COVID also, systemic inflammation is a thing because of that. If there's, it's just not quite sure why, but it can really cause systemic inflammation. And there's a lot of specific, systemic inflammation already happening within people. It's a very common issue right now. So doing whatever you can to get that inflammation down, whether it's diet changes, movement, and some herbs I really love here are turmeric. And reishi mushroom reishi also being an adaption helps the nervous system it's a it's a slightly soothing herb and calming cordyceps a little harder to get your hands on sometime. And I do have to mention tree of heaven here because it's an invasive. Mm -hmm. And it's the inner bark that white inner bark that makes a pretty powerful anti inflammatory you know, anytime that you can look toward an invasive and be a beautiful piece of nature, helping to bring balance to that is, and honeysuckle. Honeysuckle is a really wonderful anti-inflammatory in a lot of parts of the body, and it, it can tend to take over some areas. And then just quickly beyond that, you need to, like I said, nourish your immune system. And so we love astragalus, like I talked about. Other options here could be schizandra berries or holy basil. Ashwagandha, so if you've heard any of those, you're already taking those or enjoying those, keep it up. Blood clotting is a concern. I don't have a lot of answers here. <laughs> um, because even like Warfarin is showing like really strong medic modern medicine blood thinners are barely able to battle it. So right here would just be really protecting your circulatory system, um, whether it be like ginkgo or hawthorn tail but any of these like heart tonic herbs that I feel I'm, I'm finding a lot of people are very drawn to right now anyway there might be a lot of reason other than just the heart but also assuring that that blood is pumping you know and so making sure to really yeah Hawthorne is just Hawthorne's been speaking to me a lot lately and it's mm-hmm. really appropriate for a lot a lot a lot of people and it'd be lovely here. Um, I love I love
0: how many of these it. herbs like that you're saying they, they overlap between yes. you know, multiple systems. It's always so nice. Like it.
1: Exactly. It, it's a nervine as well. nourishing the nervous system. Bingo. You've got it. It's like they it's like they know what they're doing or something. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's that's another thing about herbs that it'd be a great to say right now is like. People ask, like, what's the side effect of this herb? I'm like, it, none. Herbs have side benefits. And so they can do so many different things. Like, can some herbs make you thirsty? Yeah, if they're drying. But if you are getting super thirsty from this herb, then that's probably not the one you needed because you're already dry enough. You don't need to dry that system anymore. So it's giving you a note saying, hey, this mucus member or your mouth is getting dry. You've taken enough of me. So it's giving you a hint, you know, and even with the most dangerous of herbs, like there are herbs that are fully toxic some of which I have formed really good relationships with. And if you put the time in, you can understand how to work with them as medicine, but never fear an herb, never fear nature, period. Respect it, do your homework, create relationship with it, but don't ever fear it. But respect and fear can look similar, but they're very different. Just respect it. Don't just go around grabbing stuff and being like, I made a tincture out of it. It made me sick. Well, did you do your homework, you know? So just really appreciate and respect and take opportunity to to know that they do so many things. It's so funny. St. John's Wort's the happy herb and this and that. Ah, it's kind of more of an antiviral and it's in a, in a gut tonic. And if your depression was, based, was GI based, then yeah, it probably did hurt the depression and so forth. But. Yeah, there's there's so many side benefits. Herbs do so many different things at once. And so moving in, saying that about, like, the kidneys get affected. And one of the things that is so wonderful right now is stinging nettle. It nourishes you. It tonifies you. It builds a healthy system. And it also nourishes the kidneys. Horsetail nourishes you. It helps to feed the whole system, and it nourishes the kidneys. And so a lot of a lot of these things can tend to these systems that you might be concerned about. Long answer to a short question. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but I
0: mean, that was that was the meat of, of what we wanted to talk about today. And, and just it's such a great topic. I know you've done so much research and put so much time into pulling all this together. And, and because like you said, there's so much information out there to have to like wade through all the individual listeners to this podcast for them to go do all this research on their own. It's so overwhelming, you know? And so to have you be able to kind of sift through it and go, these things, this part makes sense. This part doesn't. And kind of, wrap it all up for us. You know, I, I know I appreciate it. I know our listeners are going to appreciate it as well. So
1: yeah. You. And I feel like I'm not able to wrap it up well, because I'm like, oh, all your systems are affected. Boy, thanks, Leah. That's a lot of help. <laughs> well, I
0: mean, but it's the truth. And that's that's it's part true. of what has made this so alarming. And, and the fact that it transmits so easily and is so contagious, and that it has such an overarching impact, because of those receptors being everywhere in our body.
1: It's, mm-hmm. But it's just about getting yourself healthy and, and doing the best you can do. And I mean, even the healthiest of us. I, and that's I don't want to um, by saying get yourself healthy to bring any shame on anyone that's been super sick or that no matter because some people, no matter how healthy you are. And that's another confusing thing about it. No matter if you are the healthiest person in the world, it could go so hard on you. So there's also no shame of if it goes really hard on you as well. That doesn't mean you are not healthy.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really important point. Thank you for making that because I've definitely seen people I've had quite a few friends get COVID already this year, and we're not even into cold and flu season yet. And there's this feeling of like, what did I do wrong? You know, I took all the precautions. I've been, you know, doing all the things. It's like, yeah, it's incredibly contagious. And it's, yeah.
2: it's, it's kind of everywhere. <laughs> you you know? at the wrong time,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. And then and, and they're beating themselves up about it. And I'm like, that is not the priority here. The priority is getting you back to being well again, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, So speaking of getting back to being well, I know this is going to have a lot of different layers since everyone is so individualized, of course, but for people that, you know, maybe have gotten COVID and are now trying to get past it, but maybe are having lingering issues or just general, that kind of beat down feeling, which if you've ever had a bad flu, you know, it takes time to recover from that. So recovering from COVID also takes time. Any recommendations? We can go as general or as specific as you want for people trying to rebuild their strength after COVID.
1: I do. Okay. Definitely. Do you mind if I touch on something if you got COVID?
0: Yes, that'd be great. Yeah.
1: Okay. Because uh, Lord have mercy, I could go in for another five hours. I'm not going to go too <laughs> deep. But which is probably like, okay, let's skip and pretend like it's already over, Leah.
2: <laughs> oh, no, I love it. No.
1: Um I just really, really would feel terrible if I got off of here today and didn't mention the importance of a fever. And this is something that gets a little bit skipped over, but it can be the difference in in outcomes for sure with this is fever for some reason in our culture or society because we haven't learned to trust our bodies or we don't remember sometimes to trust that our bodies are what are fighting our bodies are so intelligent our bodies want to live therefore our bodies are going to do the best that they can to save us and so a fever is one of our number one ways to fight a virus or a bacteria but definitely this virus and so a virus can't live the different viruses different things there's a certain temperature that they cannot live in and so your body being so intelligent, that's what I want to remind everyone of is how intelligent your body is. Your body is so intelligent it can recognize a virus or a bacteria or something and knows the degree that it needs to get to to start killing that virus. And so your fever is very important to let it go. Um, And I'm going to say there's a responsible way to let a fever go. And I'm going to give you a really broken down quick version. But if you're more interested in this, um, Paul Bergner has put up some really good work on fevers. Um, That's P-A-U-L-B-E-R-G-N-E-R. And so he has some really good work on fevers and helping you to understand it. But it's really important into fighting something as well as recovery, and and it's not confirmed, but many case studies are actually showing, and so that's why I really wanted to elaborate on this, that the use of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs and other fever reducers possibly increase the duration and even maybe the severity of the infection because you're taking out one of your body's main ways to fight it. So the longer you can go without taking a fever reducer, very important and better. And so, but there are certain ways to do it responsibly. And so, number one, to understand, I didn't used to understand what in the world a fever was like, why am I cold? (laughs) If I'm hot, why am I cold? (laughs) It didn't make any sense. And so what that's kind of called, there's there's stages of a fever and do know that this is fascinating to me that one hundred and two to one hundred and four degrees is a working fever. 104 degree fever means it's working. There is nothing wrong with 104 degree fever. There's a reason why I say Woods, my son's pediatrician says, yeah, at 105, we're concerned. 102 to 104 is a working fever. 105 to 106, you need to start getting medical attention, not because that's a dangerous fever, but if your body is, it's going up high enough, that something's kind of off a little bit and you need to just be in more of a controlled environment so that if it did get up higher, someone could tend to you because at 108 is where some brain cells can't live. So at 108 is where you hear about brain damage from a fever. It takes all the way up to 108 and 110 is human cell death. So even at 105, 106, we're not, our brain isn't getting damaged, but you just want to be under some expert care in case it did go up.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I think that's really important to know to have those specific numbers. And especially folks with like little ones who, you know, the first time your little one gets a fever, and you're like kind of freaking out about it. Like, I think it's really good to have that info.
1: Absolutely. It's so important. And then it's really fun if you understand what's happening. That's how it gets me through a fever. And so the first stage we'll call it it's called like it's like set point is elevated so your body has a set point of 98.6 degrees that's where it wants to be that's where it operates that's where it's like that's my set point well if it recognizes because there's so many messenger cells or so many things going on in the body and the body's like nope found a virus we need 104 to kill this thing And so the set point has now been elevated. Your body no longer wants to be 98.6. Your body knows it needs to be 104 degrees. So anything below 104 degrees, it almost feels hypothermic. And so that's why you're chilling. Your body's trying to warm you up to that new set point that it's identified as its healthy place to be. And so that's where the chills come from. And during this point, what you want to do, rest Rest, rest, rest. All your body's energy and metabolism, and everything is going to try and warm yourself up to be able to battle this virus at this temperature. Stop fast. Quit eating. Do juices. Do jello. Do easy to digest foods, broths, you know, bone broths and vegetable broths. Or, or if you're really hungry, like stews, things are just really easy to digest. Um, hot showers, under the covers, heating pads, and I really like like taking a hot bath and then going and putting on your fuzziest pajamas and then going in and getting under hot blankets and then drinking warming diaphoretic herbs. That's herbs that do help you sweat and start that motion, but they also warm you up. Think like ginger and cayenne. Mm-hmm. And because why you want to warm yourself up is that takes a lot less energy that your body has to use to warm yourself up when you can aid it in that temperature raise. And then you also want diaphoretics to, to kind of help open. Like we're getting the temperature up, but we've also opened the vents a little bit. So we're not hanging in that, holding in that heat too bad. And then once the next stage is kind of set point peak, and that's where you've got to where you're going to, that maybe 102 or 104, that good working fever. You may or may not feel hot to the touch. You often do though. rapid pulse, drowsy, your muscles ache due to elevated cytokines. That's inflammation that's needed. Your appetite's gone. Right here, your fever's doing what it's supposed to do. Rest, fast, but drink good nourishing broths and so forth. And at this point, when you're, you just want to keep and maintain that temperature. But with, I will say with COVID, temperatures are getting pretty, a little bit, uh, you don't want to hold in the heat. It's nice to stay warm, but again, like I said, open the vents. So diaphoretics are very important. And diaphoretics mean herbs that help you sweat. And so diaphoretics is kind of opening that, the pores and letting it sweat, but then keeping it warm. And so those herbs, you don't necessarily want to do the warming ones anymore because you've already gotten to the temperature you need. Unless you start cooling back down and shivering, then you can do the warming ones again. But at this point, if your temperature is at that working fever, think elderflower Bone set, mint, yarrow, these ones that aren't necessarily heating, but they're still diaphoretics. Maybe to relax, like skull cap, drinking warm, not too hot, but nice warm drinks. And then you'll get your fluctuating, and I'm not gonna go too much more into this. We're once you start sweating and the moisture of your skin is there, don't do diaphoretic herbs anymore because then you could worry about dehydration. Once you're sweating on your own, because when you have a fever, all of times you have like that dry skin and dry everything. That's when you're kind of wanting to get that moisture moving. Once you're sweating and everything on your own, you can stop the diaphoretics and just kind of maintain the warmness that your body wants to be. And then drink good nourishing nettle and all these beautiful nourishing herbs. And then there's the, the crisis and set point drops like you heat and you sweat and you soak the sheets and hydrate, avoid getting chilled, stay warm, support your body temperature. And then, here's where most people lose it here's where we lose everybody recuperation. <laughs> a typical uh, flu yeah. has like a seven day cycle where, like, the first two or three days you have a fever. But then you kind of feel better and you start doing stuff again. Well, it's not over. And that's why about four day four or six, you kind of start feeling bad again. That's when the cytokine reoccurring comes again at day four or six. Uh, There's a seven day cycle. You need to rest for seven full days with a flu, no matter if you start feeling better in the middle, because you typically will. You are not over it. And you'll just give yourself what my grandma used to call a back set. That just means the virus was allowed to replicate at a larger amount because you weren't resting. So now the virus hit, hit back, hit you hard again. Where it would have been going back easier on you. And so COVID is showing anywhere from a 10 to 14 day cycle. So where you used to rest for one week, with this you better rest for two because the last thing you want is what Ethel Wortman would have called a back set. <laughs> so rest doing all this that we talked about working with the temperature. And um, obviously you knowing if you need to call the hospital, you know, if you're, Breathing gets labored. All these things that we've all looked into, obviously, at this point, knowing when to call and when to get help. But there's a lot of herbs to call upon, to, like I said, the diaphoretics, and then just having a good respiratory herb doing during it's really important, just something to help the body keep stuff moving. And if you don't have an herbalist around, you know what? Mullen is a nice one. It can be kind of soothing. It can also keep stuff up. Another one's elecampane. Because it doesn't matter if the cough is hot, if it's cold, if it's wet, if it's dry. Elican is really wonderful. Still your lymphatic herbs. I really love calendula, even partially during it to make sure that all that cellular debris, everything's moving and going through. And we could get, we could go for days about different, every symptom asks for a different herb. And that does get pretty extensive. But your original question was what to do after. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I mean, I, I think this is all great info for folks to have in, in case they do get COVID or someone in their household does. But you know, one of the other things I love so much about herbalism is how it's a full system where we're not just talking about herbs, like so much of what you were talking about also is just like, common sense lifestyle stuff, you need to actually rest, you need to keep hydrated, you, you know, and we, we all want to skip over that and just take cold and flu medicine or whatever. But mm-hmm. it, it's so important. <laughs>
1: And honestly, I'm not being a hater here, but like you really need to know what some of your cold and flu medicines are doing, because some of them are actually acting against the body's set systems that is needed to fight this. Mm -hmm. And so be really and we can get away with that with colds. We can get away with that with flus because our bodies. They've met them before, you know, and so if you work against your body a little bit with taking something that suppresses that cough that should happen or that pushes down that fever that should happen or stops that inflammation that should happen, your body's like, okay, I'll go this other way to do it. You know, your body has not met COVID. Do not do something that's working against your body's set way to fight this thing. And so what you know to help your body is rest, hydrate, warm baths nourishing like you're not going to be eating a lot but make what you do eat count bone broths and veg you know just good good foods and intelligent herbal teas just good nourishing wonderful herbal teas and and so forth so yeah making making it count and and just not working against the system because some of these over the counter things it's like stop that cough right now and it's like no <laughs> do not do that or some are very drying well, now you just dried out those mucous membranes that we just said were so important to keep moist. And so you bet, make sure you need it and you know what you're taking, if you're taking and what it's really doing and fighting against. Post coronavirus, it's called kind of what, I'm not sure if you're asking about what's called post coronavirus syndrome um, or just basically recovery, but with this one, there's some. Recovery is is showing to be fairly difficult for some to a pretty extensive and the best that I can say is again be healthier before, really let your body do what it needs to during, very supported and not fought against that email can wait because something people forget is like even looking at a computer, even like stressing or doing emails, all this stuff takes energy. Our body, we've just gotten so used to doing these things. It doesn't mean that that doesn't take energy, mental stress or mental energy can you can feel your shoulders tighten when you're answering an email that you don't want to like there's physical components to these things. So true rest, if at all possible. And that's where nervy nerves, if you're having a hard time relaxing, let's find something to help you relax because you need to relax. But post-coronavirus syndrome and just recovery from anything, what's really important that I can say is cleaning up that cellular debris. So calendula would probably be one of my number one allies afterwards. Just it's a lymphatic tonic. It's helping. So it's helping to clean up everything. It's helping to restore damaged tissues. So calendula is amazing here. And then any system that you've noticed to have been hit. So if you've still got a lot of gunk in your lungs, maybe mullein, if you, if you're, if it went really hard on your gut and there was some inflammation in the gut, well, calendula would be really lovely here. It's just, yeah, there's different, there's so many different ones. I can't at least just say, I don't know, sting and nettle or calendula or horsetail because they're amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're all great. And yeah, I kind of think about it as like, you had this uninvited guest who stayed in your house and trashed it. And now it's time to take out the trash, right? So all those yes. good lymphatics, it's time for cleanup.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and there too could maybe be some turmeric as well, because there's probably some inflammation going on after COVID or just probably is. And so doing a really nice level of turmeric as well as maybe like reishi mushroom, those pair very well together for any type of um, inflammation Holy basil is another. Surprisingly, it's a really nice one because it's an adaptogen and helps the body to have coped with like any of these things that made the kind of fight or flight response, the adrenal drain. It's also an immune amphoteric to help the immune system get back into balance. It is, helps with circulation. It's a nootropic, so it helps with cerebral circulation, but that also means it helps with circulation period. I do want to take note here, like you'll read that holy basil is an antiviral and it got a lot of press for being an antiviral. That isn't this virus. That's one of those blanket statements where it's like this, this herb's an antiviral. Holy basil is an antiviral against the herpes and shingles virus. This is quite different than that virus. But whereas like honeysuckle has been noted for the influenza virus or viruses that are looking a little more similar to this virus. So just blanket term with herbs as antivirals. That is one thing that's kind of a pet peeve of mine right now. Is just making sure yeah. that you know which virus is being we, spoken of.
2: Yeah, we always uh, need to dig a little deeper there, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And and honestly, I really love yellow dock in a recovery state too. It's got nice iron levels. It's um, it's that liver tonic. Your liver's constantly flushing stuff too. It's gut tonic. And um, it's essential. This just contains a lot of essential vitamins and minerals and paired with that nettle because you, you've you been hungry for two weeks. <laughs> so And you really need to re- hopefully maybe you've been drinking good nutritive tonics and everything through it. So you'd be fine. But petting your body and taking care of it and, and nourishing it. And sometimes what sounds good? You know, this hawthorn, you barely even know it, but all that you can think about is hawthorn you know what, go drink some Hawthorne tea. Like that's where it's really important when something keeps coming to you or it's like you just see it everywhere. Not because it's one of those sensationalizers, <laughs> but you seem to just pay attention to it. Our bodies, like I said, they really want to thrive.
2: Mm-hmm. And so
1: it'll, it'll send you little signals. And you might just kind of be like, what's what's up with that Shazandra berry? You know, I've never really noticed it before, but that sounds nice. It'd probably be wonderful right now.
0: Yeah. Listening to our intuition is always, yeah. always a
2: good move. So
1: We've lived, we've grown up as these plant babies. They were here long before us. We've grown up at their feet. And so they've nurtured us for a long time and we have ancient, ancient relationships with them. They fed us from our very first you know, breath and they've been our medicine. And so maybe we've of recent years forgotten our relationship with them. But our blood hasn't. You have an ancient memory of these. These are your elders. Like you might not have ever met your great, great, great grandmother, but there's a piece of you, a piece of her still with you. It's the same with all of these plants. If you have something calling out to you, pay attention.
0: Beautiful. So well said. So my next question is, is steering away from COVID a little bit just into, as we're heading into cold and flu season this winter, uh, whether this is herbs or lifestyle. What kind of general practices would you suggest for people who are just trying to, like, as you said before, keeping their wellness, keeping their vitality as high as possible? What should we be focusing on right now?
1: Hmm, that we haven't talked about?
0: I know, we've covered so much already. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I'll have to set with this one for just one
2: second. Yeah.
0: Or if if there's stuff that maybe you or your household are doing, uh, kind of on a regular basis, that maybe you want to share.
1: Yeah, we're we're doing these protective protocols that are very specific to us, mm-hmm. and that's about all that I can say. With that, going into cold and flu season and everything is, we are going into cold and flu season.
0: <laughs> well, and I know we talked about this, you know, at, at the start of the, of our episode here with just like preventing COVID, you know, not preventing, but, you know, making sure that if you do get COVID, you're in the best position possible, you know, so that general wellness, I mean, I assume that pretty much applies to cold and flu as well.
1: It does. I can, I can get in as far as cold and flu. I mean, you get into some really complex stuff of immune modulators, immune stimulants, antivirals versus antibacterials, that kind of thing that would uh, different system herbs based on what a cough looks like, and so forth. It's It's really fairly complex, but I would say what to do for each person right now is take this as an opportunity. This is an opportunity to get well, but I don't mean get well, like that's not a miracle to start that path. So take a couple steps and don't let that be overwhelming because the last thing I want to say right now is, You know, the kind of cookie cutter answer would be like, you know, I have this daily strength tea that you drink it every day. But if you can't get your hands (laughs) on that, there's stinging nettle and oat straw and horsetail and these dandelion root. But I'm just telling you what to do. And that can also oftentimes, unless you've even talked about herbs at all before, that can feel really overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And so what I would say is take that first step toward you getting just a little bit healthier. It doesn't matter if it's herbs. It doesn't matter if it's food. It doesn't matter if it's trying to find a way to get more sleep, to have that talk that you should have had years ago, to get some things off of your chest or your mind, to quit that job that's unhealthy, doing whatever it takes In just small steps, though. Maybe it's not quit that job, but maybe it's start putting out applications elsewhere and seeing if you find (laughs) another job, you know? But it's just, it's all about small steps and just start taking a few of those because each person is individual as to what's holding, what is creating um, dis ease in them or or a lower level of health. So it, it just varies across everybody. And, and so but you know what yours is. And if you don't take in very short amount of time, you can be like, you know what, I just need to get one more hour of sleep a night. That's it. I just need, you know, or you know what, I'm tired of arguing with my partner constantly, we've got to find a way to coexist better, you know, just something, whatever it is, and and taking those steps. And if it is herbalism, I can speak toward that for just a second. If you're like, you know what, this was really interesting to me. I'd love to figure out which herbs it is. But that seems overwhelming. The cool thing about herbalism is you never are a master of it. There's a reason master herbalist doesn't exist because you just won't be. These There are so many plants that have so many things to know about them. That's what's beautiful about herbalism is you will never know everything. Like I right now feel so intimidated by how much there is that I don't know. I feel like a beginner. I've never not felt like a beginner, I don't think. Mm -hmm. And so by being a beginner, that's cool. Learn one herb, which one's calling your name, which one that you heard today was interesting to you, like nettle or hawthorn, holy basil. Just look it up, start studying it, follow some herbalist or some podcast or something that interests you and maybe try to learn one or two. And you just took huge steps. You went from not knowing anything about herbs to knowing two pretty well. And by learning two herbs, you can't help but learn several different concepts within that. Or if it's, I don't know, gardening, what would you say? if People are like, I just don't feel connected to the food I eat. What would be the first steps you'd say, Sarah?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, exactly what you're saying. I'm just start with one or two things. And I always encourage people, even if you live in a condo with no yard, you know, you can grow one culinary, which also would have other properties, one culinary herb on a windowsill. Um, what about
1: and, the winter? And- can you?
0: Yeah, I think you can, as long as you can get some light. So
1: see, that's awesome. I didn't know that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, what you're saying about figuring out, you know, what is individual to you. So like, I know, for me, when I think about cold and flu season of previous years, like, I don't tend to get the flu. But my kryptonite for me is if if allergy season goes on too long, and I don't do something, it turns into a sinus infection, and I can't shake it. So like, I know I have to be on top of my allergies. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I think that's a great point. But like, everyone just needs to be just do a quick little assessment, you know, what normally takes you down when you have gotten sick in the past. And so what can you do to nourish that part of yourself?
2: Mm -hmm. Bingo, well said.
0: (laughs) So as we start to wrap up, one of the things I love to ask people, just because you have so many different things that are just these amazing projects going on. Plus, you've got a little one and a family. Uh, And so I'm just always interested in asking people how they find balance with all that. And especially just now with this era where so many of us are like working from home. So it's really easy for those boundaries to get very blurred. So any tips for folks like trying to find that balance in their lives? Like how how are y'all doing it?
1: Lord, you do not want to take any tips from me. (laughs) I'm not succeeding. (laughs) What I am working on. Mm, Okay. I'm a doer. I'm a creator. My brain won't stop. And so I'll get this list and then a new list and then another list of all these things to do. And it can feel a little overwhelming, but then I'll do it. And that becomes my new norm. So I'm like, oh, I can do that much. And I'm going to add more and more and more to it to where the point that I get a very unhealthy norm So I've kind of broken that back down to what really would be a normal list for a person that's and so I've kind of limited myself to okay, I can do four things in a day. Like this is a reasonable list. And then I'll even look at that list and say, are any of these really important? Do they need to get done today? Or can I play for another hour with Woods? Go actually cook dinner with Joel. And so I'm trying to bring more focus back onto how we kind of very talked about to circle back in the beginning, you know, when we were broken down and I'm poking my head up out of the ground, like, okay, I'm checking around me. What are the most important things I have? Joel and Woods. Okay. I'm all right. And so making sure that those two beings are the ones that are at the front and my list isn't in front of them. And that's naturally bringing a little bit of balance back, but I'm every day having to check my list and be like, all right, Leah. Is this what one of these really could wait and you just Mm -hmm. think it needs to get done and you could spend more time on something a little more essence nourishing. That's a little bit more important, deeper to my core. If that, if any of that makes sense. Yeah,
0: no, that makes total sense. Just so, yeah, really just narrowing your focus and your priorities. And I think it's so easy to get kind of caught up in like, like you said, having that list that has like 35 things on it and then going, you never feel like you won the day because you're never oh. going to get through all that,
2: right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just, and I'm learning from other people and nature itself, like you don't see things, you don't learn things when you're running around at a, a crazy pace. Yeah, you get stuff done, but what did you really learn at the end of the day? Like when I'm in the woods and I'm jogging, I'm not seeing anything. And I do run in the woods sometimes, but the only time that I learn from nature, or I learn something new, is when I'm sitting and I'm stretching or I'm looking and I'm watching the way that I never noticed that that bird went down the tree instead of up or that the moss did grow on that side. Like I only notice and learn things when I'm, and and I grow myself when I'm sitting a little more still and there's just so much, there's so much priority and kind of like pride put on producing and moving and going and doing to the point that I think we're restricting our, our growth and our learning with that.
0: No, I totally agree. And I think especially, you know, both you and I, and I, I know a lot of folks listening to this, like have their own businesses. And you know how that is your work, no one, ever, no one's ever going to tell you that you're done for the day or the week. Oh. You know, there's always something else you could work on. And so like, ha- setting that limit for yourself and saying, you know, like you said, no, I'm gonna go cook dinner, or I'm gonna go play with my, my kid this stuff can wait. And so I think, yeah, really prioritizing like what is actually important today versus mm-hmm. what, what could wait till next week.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. There's okay. nothing wrong with procrastination. sometimes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and I've also found sometimes those things you, you move them from migrate them from list to list and eventually you realize I didn't need to do this at all. Yes, exactly.
2: Exactly. Mm hmm.
0: So I, we've already talked about so many different plants. And so I don't want to put you on the spot. And if you don't have one, it's totally fine. But not even related to COVID, but just in general, are there any, is there any other plant that's really been calling out to you lately that that you're feeling pulled towards?
1: Hmm. Surprisingly, and we've already talked about it today, which may be why I've already talked about it so much. Um, <laughs> and I've never even had a relationship with this plant, but Hawthorne, Hawthorne, and I think I didn't until focusing in on it a little bit, I didn't realize the gentleness of it until looking a little deeper into it. It always seemed like, oh, that, you know, the heart tonic and it does all this amazing stuff. It must be, you know, it's a powerhouse and it's just, it goes in children's formulas. It goes into elderly formulas. It can go, it's just a nervine it, it can be a smooth muscle relaxant. It can, it's high in, antioxidant it's just this gentle beautiful nourisher and my heart hasn't even really taken a beating I don't think or maybe I'm in some weird I mean there is a grief with the shop of course that I've not even looked at because am I in denial does that mean I'm in denial (laughs) (laughs) but there is a, a magic about it with the heart but yeah I don't know something about Hawthorne these big long scary thorns, but such a gentle beauty.
0: It is a lovely plant and for anyone out there that has access to it, we are it is hawthorn berry season right about now. So Yes.
1: Maybe that's why it's calling out. I don't know, the leaf and the berry are just that tree is something to behold.
0: It's a beautiful tree. Well, Leah, where can people find you to follow your work? And you mentioned feral footsteps. Do you have any other projects or, or offerings that you'd like to share with folks?
1: Well, we do have our website yeah. um, and that's HighGardenTea.com. We try for that to be not just our tea blends, but also an educational resource. So I'll try to, as long as I can. I Don't get me all fired up, but I have to stay within very strong limitations of educating about herbs on there or our blends and so forth. I recently found that in herbalism, you're at risk by even using the word health. Did you know that?
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, there's so many words we have to health. avoid and be careful.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's oh, it's yeah, it's well, hard to navigate.
1: <laughs> it's uh, and I'm I'm almost to the point of just giving up trying. Like, I'm not going to make crazy claims. I don't know what an herb's going to do to each person because everyone's relationships are different. But I am to the point now of like, I'm not giving up the word health. I'm mm-hmm. just not. Like, that's what we're focusing on is health, not disease. We're focusing on health. And so anyway, I digress. The website is really intended also to be a space of kind of learning. Like, I open up my blends and explain why I put things in there that I did, not to brag about it, but in case you wanted to blend tea or make a tincture or something to understand what the synergy was and why I did what I did so that maybe that could help you create your help, make your own blends. And then we also have Instagram that's just at High Garden Tea. And we do educational videos and all kinds of long-winded, nature-loving posts. They're beautiful. And and then hopefully we'll have a podcast soon of Feral Footsteps. Um, But the Feral Footsteps will be definitely an educational class. We're starting the High Garden School of Root Wisdom in March 2021. And so there'll be the Plantful Herbalism program, as well as the Nature Reconnection um, Federal Footsteps program. And so we'll be in the information is on our website for those. And that's about the only places you can find me, unless you're just out in Jolton, Tennessee.
0: <laughs> well, that's so exciting! Um, I'm so excited for the school to get started next year. Me too. And, yeah, y'all just offer you know so much to our community, so much. A great education as well. So thank you so much for being here today with us, Leah. I really appreciate your time. And I know folks are going to want to check out the website.
1: Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Always is. I to talk to you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks, Leah. I hope you all enjoyed that and found it as informative as I did. Leah has so much to share, and I really appreciate her coming on the show to connect with you all. I hope you'll take her suggestion to pick at least one of your body systems to show some extra love to right now and give that system some extra nourishment. And I also wholeheartedly agree with her suggestion to pick one or two herbs to get to know better. You'll learn so much in the process, and that's such a wonderful starting point. As always, I invite you to come connect with me on Instagram at foxandelder or over on the website at foxandelder.com. If you want to support the show, please share it with a friend and also consider joining our Patreon. You'll receive snail mail from me every month and get to be part of our community chats. Stay well out there. I am rooting for you. More great interviews are going to be coming soon. Until next time, keep your hands dirty and your heart open.